thank you for joining us and welcome back beyond the bandwagon i am elias and with me today and every podcasting day as always is kyla hi it's week four Week Time four. flies when you're dominating your fantasy league. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm dominating, but I'm up there. <laughs> you're still undefeated. You're uh, you're dominating, but we'll see. Well, I'm gonna try to sound sound modest here, mm-hmm. but well, you're don't forget to send us your lineup questions and to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BTVW Podcast. Do it now. Send us yeah, stuff. We want to help. Send us stuff. <laughs> Uh, this is week four, as I said, and Kyla and I are squaring off a battle of the unbeaten. Yes, I'm going to win. <laughs> well, the projected scores right now are very even. Uh, but first, we are going to recap week three a little bit and tell you what our yep. teams did. My team, I'll just lead us out here. I won again, naturally. I'm now 3-0, and mm. <laughs> although I'm still ranked third in the league. I still wasn't super high scoring. I've had a pretty easy uh, schedule. I made some mistakes or I could have had a lot more points, but I am still third in the league. Did I say that already? You, okay, you well. did. And, and, a, and a win's a win. <laughs> a win. We are we are two of the three undefeated teams. I won one seventeen two an abysmal seventy two. The Wet Willies, uh, who I was playing against, really had some duds. <laughs> Both of her running backs only scored eight points total, so I got pretty lucky. She has Baker Mayfield. He's also struggling a lot. Uh, people who sucked for me, Matthew Stafford was not. It didn't go as well as I had anticipated it would go. Chris Godwin also sucked, and so did James Conner. Um, the two people who carried my team, though, naturally, Dalvin Cook, as always, and Tyler Lockett actually had a very good week. So Finally, right? Yeah, finally. I, I'm hoping for another one this week. Um, the bench players that I should have started were Brandon Cooks and LaShawn McCoy. Both had pretty good games, but... Overall, I'm so happy. I'm still three and zero. Lashawn McCoy, <laughs> your your favorite Chiefs RB. He is. I'm still afraid to start him though because you never know what they're gonna do. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, my week three, I won one fifty seven to one twenty nine. Uh, I'm just gonna come out with guns blazing here a little bit. Jeez. I killed it with Cooper Cup over Hollywood Brown. <laughs> you did. I knew you were gonna mention that. Hollywood had a bit of a rough week. Um, I have Lamar Jackson as well. Lamar Jackson still put up a very healthy 21.28. However, I watched that game. seemed like he missed a lot of open receivers. He was still good, but he did not have the accuracy that he had the previous couple weeks. It was a little concerning considering I have him in every league that I play in. (laughs) Uh, he uh you know still fantastic you know if if you're gonna get a a quarterback that is gonna average on his bad week 21 Mm -hmm. 22 points that's pretty nice yeah i on the other hand have jared goff who was averaging less than that (laughs) well matt ryan was on my bench and he had 30 oh wow but uh cooper cup 
came through for me big time. 29 points, 11 catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. The other Ravens on my team fared pretty well, including Mark Ingram. 35 points, three touchdowns. I had 157, including Mike Evans. Huge 43-point week, finally came through. Three touchdowns, but the injury bug got me a little bit. Vance McDonald Uh looks to be questionable for this upcoming week. We'll talk about him in a second. And, of course, the big one, Saquon. Saquon only got 5.7 points, and he is going to be out for a considerable amount of time. We'll get to Saquon a little bit more here in a second. You had a lot of people who had big games this week, like really big games. So I feel like the chances of that happening again two weeks in a row are pretty low. So I'm feeling pretty good about this week. (laughs) They are pretty low. I'm right there. You know, I, I agree. However... Odell didn't really do anything against that's the Rams. True. I mean, he had an okay game, but he didn't do yeah, Odell stuff. That's true. So maybe another big game is we'll right see, around the we'll corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so my uh, winner from week three, we'll just go into that. I chose Alvin Kamara for my winner. He wasn't the highest scoring, but he had a great game. Uh, much was made of Alvin Kamara's value without Drew Brees, but he showed everyone that he is one of the top running backs, no matter who is under center in New Orleans. He finished the game with 25 total touches, 161 total yards, and two touchdowns, which translated to 32.6 points in our league, which is a half PPR league. The word that I saw most to describe him was slippery and yeah, slippery. slippery. And uh, pro, fo- <laughs> slippery pro football focus credited him with 10 missed tackles, which is pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and considering, I don't know prior to that game what I really thought about the Saints' yeah. chances with Drew Brees out. I feared for Kamara and the other guys on that offense that they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to produce in the same way. And I am curious if Seattle's just not yeah, I don't know. very good. I guess time will tell this week. <laughs> because they beat the Bengals. <laughs> True. They they beat the Bengals and they beat the Steelers in close games. And then the Saints just came yeah. in there and walked with the dog. With Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah. with Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. So, my winner from week three is Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, quarterback for the Giants. His first start. Filling in for the now-benched Eli Manning, Jones tossed two touchdowns through for 336 yards and ran for another two TDs, including the game winner. He turned the ball over three times, but we're going to just act like that didn't happen. <laughs> Doesn't matter. True. <laughs> they, they got the win, a gigantic win in his debut for a much maligned draft pick. And all of a sudden, everybody loves Daniel Jones. They do, yes. I Fun fact, he had the two rushing touchdowns, which is more than Eli Manning had all of last season. I was curious if you were going to say last season or like his whole career <laughs> or something like that. I was going to say, if it was his whole career, I wouldn't be overly surprised. No, he doesn't have many, I don't think. But last year, he had one. And then uh, the previous year before that, he had one. Could he beat his brother Peyton in a foot race? Eli, 
Um, I would say yes. <laughs> I think pain is pretty slow. <laughs> it, that would be something to, to I bet think on. I could like, beat Peyton truly. Manning in a foot race, and I am very slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be continued, maybe we can, you know, someday someday down the line say you know what maybe you should race your brother (laughs) and just see see if that could happen because that would be i'm sure eli would love to do that to beat peyton at something (laughs) it would probably be a first (laughs) uh my loser of the week stefan diggs he only saw three targets in week three he caught all three but still three receptions for 15 yards that's pretty bad he's been really hurt by the vikings run heavy approach i honestly don't know if i'd even carry him on my bench anymore Uh, he had two targets i think in week one seven in week two and only three last week so that's a little bit inconsistent for what i like to have on my roster it's really tough and adam thielen too these guys were highly drafted in fantasy leagues and now you have an offense that completely mm-hmm. goes through cook and captain kirk <laughs> kirk cousins has not been his typical still a friend self of the podcast, either though. oh he's still <laughs> a friend of the podcast oh for sure for sure but he needs to step up his game and it's not gonna probably happen this week mm-hmm. as we'll talk about soon when they're playing the bears uh, my loser for Week three was Todd Gurley. 43 yards on 14 attempts at Cleveland. And he was a a basically non-existent presence in the passing game. He finished with 4.3 points overall. It was going into a Sunday night game. I'm sure a lot of fantasy owners were thinking, okay, I'm down by 10. I've got Todd Gurley. I've got this in the bag. And then he just didn't do squat. I didn't realize that he did that little. Yeah, not what you want out of what, you know, a lot of people probably had him as their top pick in their draft. So that's tough. Which if you had listened to the podcast before you drafted, you would have known that uh, he might be a bust. (laughs) We've been throwing out gems. (laughs) I'm just going to be a little cocky here. We have been throwing out some gems. We had a couple duds. I did, you know, Dante Pettis. Yes. Dante Pettis has been my super miss of the year, but we're we're doing all right. We're we're Um, So here, moving on to week four and the injuries that are going to shape your lineups in week four. And also one notable addition to the fantasy world, Melvin Gordon. Wow. He's back. He's back. He decided to end his holdout, I guess. Who knew? Yeah, he didn't. It didn't <laughs> seem like he got what he wanted either. But he misses his teammates or something, which is you know cute, I guess. But he's coming back to the Chargers. The uh, news on the street at the moment is that he could actually see a little bit of time. Yeah, with Justin Jackson out, maybe. With Justin Jackson confirmed on Friday. Today is Friday. We are recording on Friday. Uh, Justin Jackson is out with a calf injury, which is kind of tough for Jackson just from a personal level because he's a backup and he would have Mm -hmm. seen a lot of duty late in the game against the Dolphins. And now he can't play. And now 
after yeah. this week, Gordon's going to be back and he probably isn't going to see a lot of time at all. So just on like a personal level, I kind of feel for him. You know, he, he would have played a lot yeah. this week and gotten yards and showcased his stuff a little bit, but no, not going to happen. No. I feel like, though, what do you think this does for the value of Austin Eckler? Because I feel like the Chargers can't just bench him. I mean, he's been great through the first three weeks. I took this from the ringer. It says that Eckler is fifth in the league in yards from scrimmage, tied for second in touchdowns, and is the number four running back in standard scoring and number three in point per reception scoring. That's that's really good. <laughs> like, I feel like they can't just put him on the bench and be like, oh, well. Fuck you. Melvin's back. <laughs> He's been fantastic. And you said he was number three in PPR. I assume mm-hmm. the first two are McCaffrey and Kamara? Um, I actually don't know. Christian McCaffrey, most definitely. And maybe Saquon prior to the injury. But I would put Kamara there after last week. But yeah. with, with Eckler, he was relevant last season as well. Even when Gordon mm-hmm. was on the team and he was healthy. He'll turn probably more into a flex guy, but it's also tough to see or tough to tell when yeah. it, when exactly Gordon will be in complete game shape and when he'll take over the offense. Yeah. This, though, is good, I feel like, for our fantasy league because, one, Tom has Melvin Gordon, and if anyone listening to this remembers, Hakuna Matata team took Patrick Mahomes with our number one overall so pick and then one. ended up with, like, five or six Patriots on this team, Sonny Michelle, James White, Edelman, I don't know who else, but he's got Melvin Gordon. So that that will probably make his team somewhat better. But Jackson has Austin Eckler, who has a good team. He's so got it's the number make one his team, team in the league yeah. at the moment. Actually, you do. You're number one, but he's two. You oh, went I've to number one more, this week. I've scored more points now. Oh, my. Yeah. I <laughs> still thought it was Jackson. Yeah, As if you Eckler. didn't know that. Uh-huh. I didn't. But <laughs> it's going to even out the, the playing field a little bit in the league, hopefully. Yeah. I'm well, all that for that. Happy. Yeah, me too. More on Saquon, his injury, as previously mentioned. High ankle sprain. He'll be out four to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Another big one for this week, Julian Edelman with a chest injury. He is trending toward playing. It will be a game-time decision. I don't have Edelman on any of my teams, and frankly, I think it would be fantastic if he didn't play because <laughs> I think that would kind of hurt the Patriots' offense. Yeah. I mean, that that goes without saying, but against a, a defense like the Bills, mm-hmm. Sonny Michel is really not picking up yards on the ground like people thought he would. I'm hoping the Bills, the Bills take down the Patriots this week is what I'm hoping for. That would be incredible, but the thing <laughs> is, Josh Allen... Is Josh Allen going to be the quarterback that kind of cracks the code? The Patriots' defense has been incredible so far. They have, so we'll see. It's going to be a defensive battle, though, I think. Well, for sure. More injuries. LaShawn McCoy planning to suit up. Uh, He had an ankle injury. T.Y. Hilton for the Colts, wide receiver, a quad injury. He's listed doubtful now. Wow. Hilton told reporters, you'll find out Sunday. So a bit of a cheeky response from him. <laughs> if he can't play, which is kind of, it's kind of looking like there's a solid chance that he won't, Paris Campbell and Deion Kane figure to be the two guys that their volume will increase if Hilton cannot play. 
Um, next, somebody, as you mentioned already, Vance McDonald, has a shoulder injury. He's listed as questionable. It was an AC joint sprain. He didn't practice on Thursday or Friday, and he is currently trending toward missing Monday night against the Bengals. The Bungles. <laughs> um, more injuries. Case Keenum had a foot injury, but he's not on the injury report anymore. Terry McLaurin was added to the injury report recently. That was news to me today as I read this document we're looking at. Um, he has a hamstring issue. <laughs> he should play. It remains to be seen if his snaps will be reduced. On my roster, Chris Godwin is had a, had a hip injury. I don't know when it happened, but he's questionable. Also, a game-time decision. And two people who are Definitely ruled out. Taylor Gabriel is in the concussion protocol, and Justin Jackson is out with a calf injury. So before we officially turn the page to our good and bad matchups for week four, a couple things. I saw even without the injury, Chris Godwin was on your bench. You're you're steering away from the Buccaneers no, just a little bit? No, I played Chris Godwin last week. He's on my bench now mm-hmm. because he's questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's it's purely because of the injury. Not purely because, but um, I okay. put in Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks because I think I'm just going to ride those guys out until they start sucking. Fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other quick thing is the Bengals, you know, they're going to have a, a bad season. For some reason, it's kind of nice for me, for the Bengals to finally... You know, my entire childhood, the Bengals weren't any good. And (laughs) certain franchises become sort of synonymous with being good or not being good. Like when the Lions are a really strong team, it's a little confusing. Yeah. Because my entire life, the Lions really haven't been very good. Yeah. So now that the Bengals aren't very good again, after a long time of being like a marginal playoff (laughs) team, it's just simpler. Like you're making your game picks in that and you see the Bengals and you're just like, yeah, I don't have to remember that the Bengals aren't any good anymore. The Bengals, you know, they're just, they're not going to win. Yeah. And I can just go the other way. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's dumb, but for some reason, it just kind of, it, yeah, it fills my heart with, <laughs> oh, all right, I know now that I just don't have to pick this team. Uh, <laughs> um, if you follow us on social media, you saw that we added our top waiver wire pickups for the week on Tuesday. The top one being, in my opinion, Wayne Gallman, obviously, with Saquon out. Anybody who has Saquon on their roster probably should have tried to pick up Gallman. Did you try to pick him up? I did try. I was ahead of Elias on the waiver wire. Of course, we already mentioned we're playing each other, so I intentionally tried to pick up Wayne Gallman as well so that he couldn't get him. But somebody ahead of me picked him up. I think it was the Wet Willies who I just... But um, then I also put in, in case that one didn't go through, I put in for somebody else we have listed here, Ronald Jones, to pick him up just so that Elias couldn't pick him up too. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Playing playing defense. (laughs) But I think Wayne Gallman's going to get plenty of volume this week with Saquon out and then until he returns unless they add somebody else. Uh, Daniel Jones also for the Giants, as we already talked about. He had four total touchdowns, two rushing. 
I didn't even think of this, but you, Lisa, Golden Tate here, because he's coming back from suspension next week, right? He will be back. Uh, Four-week suspension for Tate. He will be back in week five, and all of a sudden the Giants can throw yeah. the ball. Yeah. And they're going to be throwing a lot more with Saquon out. Sp- speculative ad at best, but he has many great seasons in the NFL, yeah. so... We'll see if he can take over the number one spot in the passing game there. A couple more waiver wire pickups on New England. Philip Dorsett, Rex Burkhead with Antonio Brown out. Now Dorsett, you would think, will take a more prominent role in the passing game, even if he is third in line behind Edelman and Josh mm-hmm. Gordon. DJ Chark uh, for the Jaguars, who will be facing off against your hometown <laughs> Denver Broncos. All right, not not hometown for, for either one of us, but you know what I mean. McCole Hardeman for the Chiefs. You mentioned Ronald Jones, and our last two pickups have not aged well in the last couple of days. Justin Jackson and Taylor Gabriel yeah. both out. I um, made a note here beside Michael Hardman that everyone in the Chiefs offense should be picked up and added on somebody's roster. But it's no doubt. funny, though, because I don't think, I don't know if anybody in our league has picked up Michael Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. Well, that is worth looking into. <laughs> and once the podcast is over, I will race over there and try to beat you to it. I assumed Demarcus Robinson was taken. Uh, but if if not, if you're right about that, then we're not very good fantasy owners. <laughs> Let's be honest with you. These, those two guys need to be on well, teams. They do. I, I picked up Golden Tate. Yeah, you did. I feel like that I have, I don't need him. I picked up DJ Chark this week and dropped John Brown who I picked up a couple of weeks ago, but um, I feel like the options I have are, I mean, when T or Tyreek Hill comes back, those guys are still going to catch balls, but they're definitely not going to be as valuable. So I tried to pick up people that are going to be more valuable long-term than just kind of a fill sure. people, but you might need some extra help this week. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I know I have some injuries and you said you don't need them. Like, you get the best guys you can and just load up your roster. Just, you don't you don't think about I, if you I need feel them like or I not. I have the best though. I mean, I got a couple of injuries to Sean Jackson, Michael Gallup, but those guys are going to come back pretty soon. So I'm going to hold on yeah, to them. Yeah, we'll we'll get to our <laughs> we'll get to our lineup. We'll get to our who's going to be facing off. Okay, now we're going to get into our good and bad matchups for Week Four. People, we think you should start. My first guy with a really good matchup this week, Sterling Shepard. We already kind of talked about the Giants a lot. I almost picked Sterling Shepard as my winner of the week because with Danny Dimes under center, his value has increased exponentially, in my opinion. Danny Dimes. (laughs) He finished week three with seven receptions on nine targets, 100 yards and a touchdown, and a two-point conversion. Washington has currently given up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers through the first three games. And with Saquon out and Golden Tate still suspended for another week, he should get plenty of volume. So, With it being in the same game, uh, we can just go to your other good good matchup for the week yeah. here, if you're cool yeah. with that. Um, my other one, another guy that I think is going to be a good flex play, Chris Thompson against the Giants. Mm. 
Uh, it definitely seems like Thompson is the more valuable back in Washington right now. He's the passing down guy and finished last week with seven rushes for 29 yards and four receptions for 78 yards. Uh, the Giants haven't been great against the run, and if the Redskins red stick more with Thompson, which they should if they want to win, uh, I think he'll be a nice sleeper play if you have running back injuries or buys. Two teams that aren't going to be in the <laughs> postseason, but that game is probably going to be yeah a lot of fun. Like a, yeah, a really I don't good think time. either one has a great defense, uh, the, so it's probably going to be pretty high scoring. Especially the secondary. I mean, the Giants just made someone who is not a friend of the podcast, who you've talked about, Jameis Winston. Oh God, definitely they not made Jameis my friend. <laughs> look like he was completely back in action. You know, he he was not having any trouble. Mike Evans just shredding people left and right. I I like that game. It, it mm-hmm. could be fun. Uh, so for the good matchups on my side, my first one is Carryon Johnson, the running back for the Lions. They will be hosting Kansas City. He hasn't found a lot of room to run so far this season, but KC got torched by Baltimore on the ground in week three. Chiefs have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to RB so far this season. The thing about this matchup for me as well, the, the coach of the Lions, Patricia, I think he's going to do things in a Belichickian mm-hmm. way. And if you look at the AFC Championship game from last year, you know that Patricia has watched that. I, oh, I am willing to bet a million dollars that he has studied that that game. And late in that game, they ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. And the only way to truly beat Pat Mahomes the way that he's going is to keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Ravens kind of tried to turn the game last week into a bit of a track meet mm-hmm. and to score with Kansas City. Lamar Jackson threw the ball so many times in downs where they could have just continued to pound it. Yeah. And I just don't see why the Lions wouldn't try to do that. I would expect Carryon Johnson to get a lot of volume, uh, keep Mahomes off the field, run the ball, kill the clock. It seems like the best strategy. Yeah. My other good matchup is Marlon Mack, the running back for the Colts. They will be hosting the Raiders. This prediction starts simply with Indy being the better team. Mac is going to get a ton of volume late in the game when the Colts already have the lead. He is already averaging around 20 carries per game. Jacoby Brissett has been a good quarterback so far. There's no doubt about that, but they want to run the ball and just make sure that they make the least amount of mistakes as possible. Mm-hmm. I'd expect the Colts defense to terrorize the Raiders and in turn the Colts offense is going to have the ball a lot. Mac is going to have a big game. Yeah. Uh, my uh, to start off the bad matchups. My first one, David Montgomery versus Minnesota. He is currently getting the most rush attempts in Chicago right now, but he's got a really tough matchup against the Vikings this week. With the exception of Week Two against Green Bay, where they gave up a combined thirty-six point six points in our league, which, as we said, is half PPR to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They've given up a total of 8.8 and 7.1 points to running backs in the other two games. So this game does not look good for Montgomery to me. No, it doesn't. The Vikings defense has been amazing Mm -hmm. so far. 
and the Bears, Washington made the Bears look really good on Monday Night Football. They did. I still have a lot of questions says, about their offense. Yeah, I think that says more about Washington than it does about the Bears. Absolutely. Yeah. My first bad matchup is the aforementioned John Brown, the receiver for the Bills. They will be hosting the Patriots. New England has allowed the fewest amount of points to receivers so far this season. The defense has looked simply nasty. Brown is likely to get shadowed by cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Overall, New England has not allowed a deep TD throw this year. Brown is their main deep threat in Buffalo. Not only that, but the last game, Cole Beasley got 10 targets. Dawson Knox had three catches. The receiving situation seems like it's a little bit in flux. Maybe we're not going to get exactly from or what we thought we would get from John Brown. Yeah. He, he was a, a, a waiver wire darling earlier this season. <laughs> I picked him up after. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but it just seems like brighter days are ahead for Brown, maybe later in the year, maybe next year. But in the immediate future, it doesn't seem, I mean, he's, he seems completely boomer bust. Yeah. And in this game, it's more bust. Yeah, I agree. My next one, another guy that I am really a fan of overall, uh, DJ Chark at Denver. He's been great over the first three weeks for Jacksonville with 15 points being his lowest scoring week in our league. I even liked him so much that I picked him up off waivers this week in place of John Brown, as I mentioned already. With that said, the matchup this week for DJ is really tough. Denver gives up the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season so far. They held Devontae Adams to 7.6 and Allen Robinson to 6.1 half PPR points the last two weeks. So it's going to be a tough day in in the Mile High City for Chark, I believe. I think I said this last week and I was wrong, but I think I'm going to be right this week. Denver is dying for their first win, and I think Uh. (laughs) maybe they're not dying for it, but they're searching for it. And I think that... uh, DJ Chark is going to have a hard day. You're totally right. The Denver fans are dying for it. I hope the team <laughs> is dying for it as much as I'm dying for it because 0-3 doesn't feel very good. That's bad. Yeah, you know, the defense... You know, 3-0 for the Cowboys feels pretty good, though, right now. <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> I, bet, I, I bet it does. <laughs> if, only, if only the Cowboys had a quarterback like Joe Flacco, then they <laughs> would really... Only. Then they would really be flying high, you know, undefeated all the way through would be my prediction. (laughs) Speaking of quarterbacks like Joe Flacco, my final bad matchup of the week is Kirk Cousins. (laughs) You know, friend of the podcast, Mm -hmm. however, he is at Chicago. There is a good possibility there is a lot of poor quarterback play. Yes. In this game with Trubisky. And Cousins and the strength of the two defenses, this could be a lot of running the football, maybe a couple key turnovers, low-scoring game. Mm -hmm. Cousins, despite being a fantasy star, a much maligned fantasy star in recent years, has not looked great. As we mentioned, Bears are seventh, or they've allowed the seventh fewest amount of points to quarterbacks this season. Cousins has not even completed 20 passes in a game yet. Oh, gosh. A lot of Dalvin Cook is what I would expect. I would start anyone except Cousins. <laughs> just just about anybody. Maybe not Joe Flacco, but just about anybody. The Bears brutalized Case Keenum on Monday Night Football. 
I would, until he shows that he can do something else, I would avoid Cousins at all costs. Yeah, I agree with that. So to recap real quick before we move to our game of the week, matchups we like this week, Sterling Shepard, Chris Thompson. Marlon Mack and Carrion Johnson. Sorry, I couldn't find a, as our good matchups. <laughs> I couldn't find it quickly on the thing. Um, and then... <laughs> and I, go ahead. The, the, the bad matchups being David Montgomery, DJ Chark, John Brown, and Kirk Cousins. Our game of the week, Kyla's Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. In New Orleans to face Teddy Bridgewater and the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. And I didn't choose this game on my own, just so everybody knows. This was one of the suggestions that Elias threw out there. <laughs> um I think that despite being without Drew Brees, I think this is still going to be a good game. I think it's going to be uh, Dallas's hardest test yet. For sure. I think it's going to be interesting to see how um, our offensive line, who is, you know, one of the top offensive lines in the league, holds up against the Saints pass rush, which is also pretty good. And if they don't hold up, then how well Dak Prescott is going to perform when he's actually put under pressure? Because up until this point, he's been in the pocket for days. It seems like before he has to throw the ball. Yeah, so. he's he's been having you know some some cookies, some milk in the <laughs> in the in the pocket, just waiting for things to open up. The offensive line in Dallas is incredible. Yeah, without Drew Brees, as you said, still the game of the week. Damn right. Mm-hmm. I would fire up every cowboy that you can find, especially Amari Cooper. Cooper is likely to face corner Marshawn Lattimore, who has allowed 341 receiving yards against him so far this season. That is the highest in the league. Wow. The Saints are a little trickier to figure out with Bridgewater. As we talked about earlier, my sneaky suspicion is that the Seahawks just really aren't very good. So Bridgewater's performance last week may be a little bit of an outlier. We'll see. He was 19 for 27 through the air with 177 yards and two touchdowns. He got a ton of help from Kamara. He did. I think I I think I saw that he did not try to throw a pass longer than 15 yards last week, though. I believe it. Yeah. A ton of screens, a lot of Kamara. Cowboys defense, super stout. He'll have a tougher test this week. And a little bit of a side note. I am really happy that we are recording this on a Friday and not <laughs> previous to the Thursday night game because I think my choice for the Thursday night or for our game of the week would have been the Thursday night game between uh-huh. the Packers and the Eagles. And this just goes to show you that there are times in fantasy where teams just figure something out that they haven't been doing mm-hmm. and you're not prepared for it. The Eagles had been terrible on the ground so far this season and all of a sudden they decided that they were going to run the ball yeah and nelson aguilar got zero i was really high on him coming into this week even with jeffrey coming back Mm -hmm. from injury aguilar did not get a catch it just it was not the game that i was expecting whatsoever the eagles finally showed up in a way that i thought i predicted the eagles would be in the super bowl and then they're one and two (laughs) can't run the ball Carson Wentz is running for his life back there. Yeah. And now, now they they really performed well on the road against an undefeated team. I was was impressed. They did look they did look good last night against Green Bay. And I since we're talking about that game and we talked about it earlier, 
Green Bay would not run the ball, though. They, I mean, they couldn't get it going at first, but then even on the goal line, they wouldn't. They wouldn't give it to Aaron Jones, which was so frustrating for me, one, as an Aaron Jones owner. But also it was like Aaron Rodgers was running down the field at one point with the ball with Aaron Jones right in front of him, like looking at him for a couple of yards, waiting for him to toss it to him. And then when he didn't, he just started blocking for him, which, I mean, is what he should be doing. But it's of like course. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like him or something. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. They had a first and goal from around, you know, the two or the three at some point in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and they threw the ball four straight times, yeah. all incomplete. They turned the ball over on downs, and then they wound up getting down there later, and they threw it again, and Rogers threw the pick. They clenched yeah. the game. They had two timeouts as mm-hmm. well late in the game there with under a minute to go. They could run the ball. They didn't run the ball on any of those plays. The play calling was so odd. It was. It was really bad. And I thought for sure, at least on like second and goal there at the end of the game, that they would try to run it one more time just to get, you know, to see what happened, run out the clock a little bit just in case they score. They don't want to give the ball back to the yeah, Eagles. they had their timeouts. Yeah, but they, they didn't. And he threw it and he threw the pick and they lost the game, which was a really bad choice, I think. It was sort of fascinating Matt LaFleur got the job as the head coach as like a you know the play caller and yeah yeah. Uh, just to finish out the game of the week a little bit (laughs) Kamara is projected over 18 points Prescott your leading uh, projected point getter 23.67 in our league Zeke also with 19 wow it's gonna be a good one it is going to be a good one. I think Michael Thomas is probably going to see a lot of Byron Jones, which is going to be problematic for him. I mean, you can't sit Michael Thomas by any means. I think he'll probably still have a decent game. But Byron Jones is quietly, I feel like, one of the top 10 corners in the league. So I'm interested to see how, how that matchup plays out. The Cowboys D. We will see. <laughs> we'll we see. will see. Robert Quinn's well, back. He's looking good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quick note before we get out of here. Any, any more crap you want to talk going into our matchup here? <laughs> I don't think so, unless you want to go through our starting lineups quickly. Of, of course, we'll do the lineups. <laughs> I um go, go, go ahead. You're up. I, I'll start us off here. I of course started the week already with Aaron Jones. I played him in my flex spot, and I. Just a quick note, I really hate having players who play the Thursday games. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like every time I have somebody play on the Thursday game, they either really suck or they're really good and I didn't play them, which is what has happened to me both times this year. And Aaron Jones already sucked and screwed me over on a Thursday game this year already. But I also am somebody who likes to really overthink my plays And when I have somebody playing on Thursday, I don't have as much time to do that. So I had to make a decision. I played Aaron Jones. He actually, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers hates him, he still got 14.8 points in our league, which is slightly more than he was projected to get. So I'm satisfied. Um, At the top, I'm going with Jared Goff as my quarterback this week. I think he is poised for... Finally, a pretty good game against Tampa Bay. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks are my receivers. Dalvin Cook, obviously, my RB1. I'm sticking with James Conner this week. He's had a slow start. He's let me down a few weeks. But Cincinnati is giving up 
an unheard of amount of fantasy points to running backs. Yeah, he, yeah. he's a must play. Uh, Delaney Walker, still my tight end. I'm still rolling with Delaney. He was questionable at some point this week, but it looks like he is not listed on the injury report anymore. Brett Maher, still my kicker. And then this week I'm going with Houston's defense against Carolina. So to my lineup, quarterback Lamar Jackson. Then I have Odell and Mike Evans plugged in. Mark Ingram plugged in at RB. With Saquon out, my other RB, <laughs> I was not able to pick up a better option. I'm going with Carlos Hyde. Houston playing Carolina, as you mentioned. He has projected 9.88 points in our league. I am hoping for a lot of Carlos Hyde. I'm going to need it. My tight end situation is also in flux. As I mentioned, Saquon is out and Damian Williams is out. I have him as well. But Vance McDonald, who has really only had one good week so far, he is questionable, as we mentioned earlier. And I'm not exactly sure that even if he wasn't questionable that I would want to play him anyway. So TJ Hawkinson, I'm going to roll with him. Hopefully Stafford (laughs) can find him near the goal line and it, it can justify my play. He's not even projected seven points. Hawkinson was only good in week one and then has been very nearly game plan, just phased out of the offense. It's been confusing. He was a waiver wire darling as well. And I, I wanted to pick him up badly after week one. And then he just hasn't done anything. He's come one pass the previous two games in, in each game. All he's got to do is catch one touchdown for it to be worth it, though, for a tight end, really. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe <laughs> maybe three if I wanted to get greedy. <laughs> then kicker Harrison Butker, and I picked up the Colts defense to face off against the silver and black. You forgot your friend Cooper Cup. Oh, my flex spot, Cooper Cup. <laughs> He is becoming my friend after what he did on Sunday Night Football. I knew that you were going to bring that up. Oh, I had to bring it up. Uh On the bench, I have Hollywood Brown, who has a much better matchup this week. I wish I could start Hollywood Brown instead of Hawkinson or Hyde, but that's unfortunately not (laughs) how fantasy football works. And then Golden Tate on my bench as well. Matt Ryan, also on the bench. Oh, yeah. Maybe I... I know. I need to get a, a different quarterback, so I might try to trade somebody. I got three injured players on my bench. Deshaun Jackson, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin may or may not be terribly injured. I don't know. Deshaun McCoy also on my bench, who I'm I'm scared to start him, but I'm also scared to bench him. So <laughs> I think I'm going to bench him one more week, and then if he has another good week, if Damian Williams stays out, I might start him again if James Conner still sucks. Yeah. You're in a tough spot. Yeah. Projected right now, Kyla's got me by two points, Ooh. one uh, approximately 117 to 115. Yours went down. We'll see. Yeah, it did. And I've been searching my lineup to see where it went down, and I'm not entirely certain of where it happened. But I don't like it. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I was but, like, I thought you were projected ahead of me, but... I guess not. I think I was briefly, but Mark Ingram, 13.26 projected. I just don't feel there's any way he won't get over yeah. that. I am, I'm optimistic. I'm staying positive. We'll see. We will, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. You're going down. <laughs> it's, yes, it's Finkel is Einhorn, which is me, and then the mean machine, which is Elias. So, mean I, machine. I think mean machine. we're both 3 mean and 0, machine. so somebody. 
It's going to be three and one after this week. <laughs> it's it's going to happen, and I believe it is you. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. We will continue to post our top waiver wire ads for the week on Tuesdays on our social medias, which uh, Twitter and Instagram are at BTBW Podcast. Please follow us and like Elias said, send us your questions about your lineup. We really want to answer them. We post new episodes on Saturdays, mostly. And we'll see you next time. See you later.